Before we get too far into this, I want to invite um, Ruby and Philip up to the stage. Um, as you've seen the last couple of weeks, we've uh, had members of the church um, share their stories as they go along with our sermon series. And so there was love one another, and then there was connect with one another. And today's story is forgive one another. And so they were willing to share their testimony and how that has happened in their life. So would you give them a hand as they head up here? Phil, this is Ruby. Um, let me go ahead and read off this. Eleven years ago, I had an affair that almost destroyed my family. My wife was devastated. The kids that were old enough to understand what was going on were hurt and angry. What they had known as their safe place had been upended because of my foolish decision. My wife had been, a, my wife had been leading a children's ministry. And I was struggling with this idea that since I wasn't leading ministry, how could I lead my wife, who at the time, I thought, knew more biblically than I did. And the seeds of doubt and insecurity were sown. I started talking to a co-worker, initially to share Bible verses and, and encourage, but it became twisted and led to an affair. I'm Ruby. Um, when I found out about the affair, I was in total disbelief. Um, we hadn't been distant from each other, um, and I thought we were both following God. Uh, the hurt and disbelief, they were just profound. I had this anger um, inside of me. It just wanted to take me over. Part of me wanted him and the other woman to hurt like I was hurting, um, but the other part of me wanted to honor God as well. I felt like I was being pulled in two directions, and the Bible verse that kept playing over and over in my head um, was Matthew 6, 14, and 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. So ultimately, I decided to um, honor God and forgive, um, but it was extremely difficult. I didn't have enough goodness inside of me to do this. So I continually had to ask God to give me the mercy and forgiveness that I needed so that I could extend it to Philip. And not just Philip, but the other woman. Um, I also had amazing ladies that held me when I cried and reminded me often um, that orange was not my color, and so prison was not for me. <laughs> um, they made me laugh. They loved me. They loved all my kids. And most importantly, they never judged my husband. They just loved us, and they prayed for us continually. Ruby learned to forgive me by leaning on God and having other people in her life that pointed her back to God's truth. I had a group of men who helped me walk out the consequences of my actions by speaking the hard truths and showing me the love and kindness Jesus shows me every day. Ruby and those brothers helped me to continue to seek God and his will for my life. And, all, and through this, I learned forgiveness from them, and I also had to learn forgiveness of myself. Obviously, there's a lot more to the story, and some of it you'll get to hear a little bit next week. But if you have any questions, feel free to come chat with us. We love to share an amazing testimony of what God is continuing to do in and through us. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're some of my favorite people. If you've never talked to them, make sure you block out like a good two hours of time because they got lots to say, but they're great. Um, thanks again, guys, for sharing. 
with us. Um, so that's enough of the other stuff. I mean, that was good, but let's get into the message. You guys ready? You guys ready? Cool. All right. So obviously today's topic is forgiveness, and it says in Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, I think we have that on here. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgiveness is one of those really fun topics where, like, it requires way more action than just, like, standing here talking about it. It's hard to explain how it all works and, put, and, and how it's all put together but I'm gonna try, try my best here today. Um, and so let me start by first asking for your guys' forgiveness. I know that's kind of a weird way to start a message, but I'm gonna do it anyways. And this is like a really serious thing, and I kind of debated on whether or not I wanted to actually talk about it today. Um, so last week, I made a decision to shave off my beard. Yeah, and, and I realized I realized pretty quickly that that was not my best, my best decision, but that's okay, you know? But it didn't really, really hit me until later that night um, I saw my fiance, Kara, and I don't think I actually got words out of her for like the first five or 10 minutes because it was just laughing. <laughs> yeah, um, so I just, I just really wanted to apologize that I'm putting you guys through having to look at me because, especially this week, I probably should have thought better about timing, but you guys know. So anyways, forgive me for that, right? Um, but no, a while back, um, some of our staff got to go to a conference, a ministry conference in Atlanta called the Orange Conference. And this was a super great time for all of us. I think they would all say the same thing. Um, and I feel like we all learned like a, a tremendous amount from this conference. One of the things that I learned is how to forgive someone extremely quickly, like almost instantly, right? So I have a question. Have you ever been stuck on a plane with somebody who just dumped their entire pop on you? Like, not, not just the little one. Like, you know, like the big kahuna you get from Family Express, like the gigantic one with the ice and everything? Like, have you ever been on a plane with somebody that just dumped that on you? No? Just me? All right, cool. Let me tell you that story. So, I'm not even on this plane two minutes coming back to Chicago from Atlanta. And... These, these ladies walk up behind us and they're, they're putting their bags up and they're gonna, they're gonna sit behind us. And so, as one takes their backpack off and goes to put it up top, they forgot that their big fountain drink was right in that little pocket that's not meant for that fountain drink. You know what I'm talking about? So as she puts it up there, it just falls. And guess who was underneath the fall? And it, what makes it worse is at this moment, Every time we are on a plane, I don't, this might just be me, but I'm so deathly afraid of getting like whacked in the face as people like trudge their suitcases and backpacks through the thing. So I'm leaned forward and I'm kind of tucked behind the seat. And as this drink falls, it lands on my back and my seat and everywhere. Like I, I honestly think it might've even exploded, but that's, that's, that's the only part of this that's up for debate. And so, as I'm sitting there, this drink just fell, and I'm in complete, like, shock. Like, I'm sitting there, I have no idea what just happened. All I know is I'm cold and wet. And then what feels like an eternity goes by before I finally hear 
these quiet little words. Did that get on you? (laughs) Yeah, sure did, sure did. (laughs) And in that moment, I'm sure I was much nicer on the outside than I was on the inside, but I think, I I don't know, it was was an out-of-body experience for me. So Courtney tells me that I just said, yeah, it did. In my mind, I was like, no way! No, that did not just happen. I do not have to sit here and be, oh, hmm. Yeah, don't make me go back. But, long story short, that was the most uncomfortable flight that I had ever been on in my whole life. And I kid you not, I don't think they ever said sorry. And that was just like, okay, all right, whatever, cool. But there was a moment where I had to make a decision. I could choose to blow up and cause a huge scene in that moment, make that person feel awful. I could choose to yell at that person, ask the flight attendants to repay me for the the thing that was taken, the comfort that was taken from me on that flight. Or I could choose to forgive, to acknowledge that something was done to me, whether on purpose or not, and that there's no way for me to go back and undo what just happened. There's no way for me to quickly get dry and to make that flight instantly great. But I also had to acknowledge that because there was nothing I could do in that moment, other than cause others and myself harm, I needed to just forgive that person and move on. So as we talk about forgiveness in the true biblical sense, I want to start with what forgiveness isn't. And that's this. Forgiveness is not holding it over them forever. You can't forgive someone if you continually use it to trash them or load it, lord it over them as a reminder of, that, of how they wronged you and that they wronged you. And if you continue to use their actions against you as a weapon to control them, you aren't ever actually accomplishing anything but further pain and suffering. Next is this, forgiveness is not forgetting. And I know it's weird, just because you can't continue to use it doesn't mean that you have to forget it. Forgive and forget is one of those terms that has never really made sense to me. In fact, I would argue that you actually have to remember the things that happened to you and that were taken from you in order to actually choose to forgive someone for those things. We'll get into more of that in a bit, but for now, let's move on to the last one, which is forgiveness is not the restoration of the relationship. All things are not necessarily back to normal. Can this happen? Absolutely. We just heard a story about how that happened. But it's not always that. A lot of times, boundaries get put in place to prevent that action from happening again in the future. Sometimes you no longer speak to that person. But here's truth. You can both forgive that person and protect yourself from that person. I lied, I said that one was the last one. There is one more. Forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is one of those things that's just not fair. You forgive someone and they just get to keep doing their thing even though your life may have been drastically altered or changed. Forgiveness kind of sucks. A lot of times you forgive someone for something and they continue to do the thing that you forgave them for. But nevertheless, God still calls us to 
So do it. And so if God is calling us to forgive, let me ask you, what do we need to surrender in order to forgive? Is it our right to hold a grudge? Is it our right to get even? Is it my right not to have to love that person anymore or care about that person anymore? For me, forgiveness is this. Surrendering the demand for justice to God. And where I got that from is this. Matthew 18, says this. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? See, God calls us to forgive others so that we may be forgiven ourselves like it says in Matthew 6, 14 through 15, which Ruby and Phil mentioned. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive you of yours. So that's the life that we as Christians are called to. We must forgive and trust in God and that he is just and that we can release the demand for justice to him. And all this talk about all this, but that's what forgiveness is, and that's what forgiveness isn't. But like I said at the beginning of this message, forgiveness is one of those things that requires more action than talking. So let's get to the action. Let's talk about how to forgive. The first thing we have to do is identify what to forgive. Identify the debt that is owed. It is is extremely difficult to release the demand for justice if you can't identify what's been done to you. You have to realize what was taken from you in order to decide that it's no longer owed to you. Next thing is this, decide to release the demand for justice, decides to surrender the demand for justice. Like it says in Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. This is where that verse comes in. You must rid yourself of the negative feelings, of the rage, the bitterness, the anger, the, anger, the brawling, the slander, the malice, and choose to release all of those things to God along with the demand for justice. See, Hebrews 12, verse 15 says this, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. I think the author of Hebrews uses a good analogy here when he talks about bitterness being like a root because it seeps into everything. And the longer you leave the root, the more it grows. I think being bitter or being angry with someone else is the equivalent to drinking a poison and then expecting it to affect the other person. Because if you continue to hold that in, who's it really going to end up harming? You, me, right? If I continue to hold in that rage, that anger, that bitterness, it does nothing to the other person. It just destroys me. So that's why in Ephesians it says to rid yourself 
of all the rage and the bitterness and all the other things so that we may remove those roots and that poison that affects our lives. In Luke chapter 6, verses 35 through 37, it says this, But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. This is one of those that has been extremely hard for me in my life. To love my enemies, to love people that have wronged me in massive ways. So for me, growing up and, and even to this day, I have someone who was in my family that was supposed to love me, but chose instead that they would continue try, continually try to verbally uh, abuse me and try to wreck any positive moment that I've ever had in my whole life. For example, the day that Kara and I got engaged. Not even two hours after making the post and sharing with our family and the people that were supposed to love us that we were engaged, I got a text through another family member because I had already blocked this person. But another family member sent me a text from them. And in this text, there were so many things that I had supposedly done wrong and there were so many names that I had been called, and there were so many things, every shot in the book that they could take, they took to try and destroy my spirit and take my joy. I'll be honest, and Kara can tell you, it worked. In that moment, I was upset, I was angry, I was crushed. What else are you supposed to feel? That's a real thing, in a moment that was supposed to be nothing but joy for me, all of that was taken. but God still calls me to forgive. And it sucks. And honestly, if I'm being 100% honest in this moment right now, I don't know that I'm doing a great job. That's the truth. It's hard. And you know why? It's because those feelings are so real. So real. And so for me, that's, that's what my hurt is, and that's what I'm trying to forgive. But maybe for you, it's past relational trauma in your dating life, in your married life, or maybe you grew up in a broken home, or a parent walked out on you when you were young, and that person that again was supposed to love and care and support you is no longer there. And that whole lifetime for you has just been dealing with that. Or maybe you're a victim of abuse. And in that case, this is why I said what I said earlier. Abuse is not one of those things that you should just forget or pretend like you can just forgive and everything's back to normal. I said earlier that it is 100% okay to forgive someone, but still protect yourself from someone. If you find yourself in that situation, Pastor Rich asked me to tell you that we are open to having those conversations, especially him, and walking you through those things. So if you are in a situation where you are being abused and you need help, please reach out. But getting back, I want to look at this next verse. Romans 12, 17 through 19 says this, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. 
If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. See, choosing to say, and this is for me more than it is for anybody, choosing to say that I am not going to forgive that person or that I need to get back at that person is essentially saying that God and his sacrifice isn't enough. And if that's the case, everybody in this room is in trouble. Because if God isn't enough for that person, for them, then there is no way he's enough for us. So if we believe that God isn't enough for that person, we also believe that God is not enough for you and me. And like I said earlier, continuing to hold on to these things harms you and harms your relationships. And truthfully, the odds are that the dysfunction happens more in future relationships as you leave your current situation more than it does in that moment right now if you continue to hold on. It's like I said earlier, it's like drinking the poison and hoping that it hurts someone else. You are the one that continues to suffer. Just like that flight I was talking about earlier. That other person's flight was fine. Right? I mean, maybe they lost their drink, but we were on Southwest, so they got another one in like five minutes. Right? They weren't wet. They weren't cold. They were fine. Like I said, forgiveness isn't fair. It's not eye for an eye. It's going to suck. You're not always going to feel good about it. And it's not magically just gone because you, yep, I forgive. I no longer feel anything ever again. It's not how it works. But here's the last one. We still have to choose to forgive daily. And so in this, um, as Jesus was talking to his disciples, he taught, uh, he taught them how to pray. And he did this. So I'd like for you guys to go through this with me, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those that have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so as Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, this is what he teaches us to do daily. Teaches us the daily praise, hallowed be your name. He teaches us to invite his kingdom daily. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He teaches us that we need to ask daily for our needs, for our daily bread. But he teaches us as well that we need to ask for forgiveness for you and for help forgiving others. And the next thing that he goes on to say is that Matthew 6, 14 through 15, where he says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, 
your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And so that's the life that Christians are called to. And this is the first thing that Jesus says. He teaches you how to have a relationship with the Father, how to have a connection with the Father through prayer. And the very next thing he says is that bit about forgiveness. Forgiveness was the number one thing on Jesus' mind following that prayer. And so if he's, when he's literally talking to the disciples, when he's literally talking to us about how to have a connection and a relationship, and the first thing he says after that is forgiveness, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. For me, that's enough to say that forgiveness is like a prescription that you have to take daily. Not when you feel like it. Not when it's easy. Not when it makes you look good. But daily. Hannah's going to come up and play this song. Listen to the words.
So I ask again, if we could put this up on the screen, that'd be great. What do we need to surrender to forgive? For Ruby and Philip, it was self-reliance. Ruby said that she had to lean on God's strength and God's forgiveness and God's mercy and grace. Ruby had to surrender her right to hate someone. For me, it's that demand for justice. I know that there will never be a real end to those things that try to hurt me and those words that affect my life. But I also know that God calls me to love that person. God calls me to forgive that person, so I'm trying my best. I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. And I know that there are things that I have done that people are probably trying to forgive me for. So I put up the necessary boundaries to be able to love that person and to be able to care and forgive that, of that person. And that's my challenge to you this week. Identify who in your life has damaged you or taken something from you and trust that you can release you can surrender that demand for justice to God. For he paid it all, and that is enough to forgive every sin. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we know that you have called us to forgive, and today, Lord, we looked at what your word said about doing so. But God, we sit here with the truth that it's incredibly difficult. For some of us, the pain and the destruction that has been caused by others feels too great. And the weight of our own sin against others to be too heavy. But God, we know that we can lean on your strength and your goodness because you are a just and almighty God. Help us this week to lean into your strength so that we may be able to forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lord, and help us those who we have trespassed against to forgive us and to forgive our weaknesses. We trust in the nature of who you are and that your process doesn't stop at forgiveness, but at true biblical restoration. God, we know that we can release the demand for justice to you because you promise us that you will achieve justice and that you will be the judgment of the world. Father, we know that the sacrifice of your son was enough and that you have forgiven every sin that we could commit. So Lord, help us to settle in the fact that Jesus paid it all. And the crimson stain that was once left on our hearts is now washed white as snow because of your goodness, your mercy, your grace, and most of all, Lord, your forgiveness. Amen. Thanks for being here with us this morning. Go in peace. We love you. See you next week.